Good morning, church. Happy Easter. Our scripture reading today is from John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. All right. Good morning, church, and happy Easter. My name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson. And um, out of the gates, before I forget to mention it, I want to let you know I have a speech impediment. Um, and that could come in and out as, as I go. And, and just want to let you know what that is. And um, also just just want to say how, how thankful I am that we could be outside right now um, filming this and even the, the, the contrast as Stephen said earlier, to Good Friday. And just we're so thankful for our partnership and friendship with Vineyard Community Church and just that we could be here and use this space. And um, I think as I was preparing for this time, I was considering, is it even appropriate that we're celebrating? Like just, I think it's, it's healthy to be honest and to acknowledge the fact that this is strange. It's not what we want or pictured. I don't know how many of you are in dresses and pastels right now in your in your homes or if you have, you know, your hair sticking up and you haven't brushed your teeth yet or things like, like this isn't the way any of us anticipated Easter looking. And so again, I think it's healthy to ask that question. Is it even appropriate that we're celebrating? And I looked throughout this week at Easter's historically. And what was going on throughout the world in times that, again, until this week, I didn't even really think about or know about. And something that I learned, some of you may have known this, is that Abraham Lincoln died or was actually shot on Good Friday, April 14th, 1865. And then he died the next day, April 15th, on Saturday. And then Easter... April 16th, 1865, many people called it Black Easter. And there was this sense of, of hopelessness. And just to put that into some more perspective, um, the official end of the Civil War was just a week before, April 9th, 1865. And the nation had been divided there more Americans have been killed in that war than any war ever before or since. Tragedy, brokenness, and then finally a sense of hope, the end of slavery. A man, Abraham Lincoln, who had committed himself to declaring freedom and equality for all people. And then here a week later, he's, he's, he's dead. And I think in that moment, hope was put into perspective. I think for many of us, this season that we're in is a time to pause and to consider where our hope is, to consider what, what are we excited about? What are we looking forward to? What, what helps inform what we're walking through right now? And this is what I want us to hear this morning, is the fact that Jesus, though he died, rose from the dead. And because we have a living Savior, we can have 
a living, life-shaping hope. And so as we go into our time together this morning, I want us to, to hear, not just hear, but to proclaim it's not only appropriate that we celebrate this morning, it is absolutely essential. And, and I, I've never prepared a sermon like this. I've never preached a sermon like this on a day like this in a, in a, in a time in history like this. And, and the only thing I can do, the only thing I want to do is bring us before the person of Jesus. My, my prayer and my hope is that we would all be enamored, enthralled, changed and transformed as we look together at the person of Jesus. Amen? All right. Amen means I agree with you. I'm tracking with you. And uh, with that, let me go ahead and pray before we get into our time together in John chapter 11. Again, Heavenly Father, we come before you recognizing both the brokenness of our time, that the world is not the way it should be, and also recognizing our hope being exposed. And then, Lord, praying, asking that you would inform and transform our hope and anchor it in the person and work, the, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Lord, I pray that, that those truths, that that theology would become real. Lord, that it would sink deeply into our hearts even now this morning and would transform our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, here's picking up together in John chapter 11 in verse 32. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. John chapter 11, verse 35 is the shortest verse in the whole Bible and perhaps one of the most powerful. Jesus wept. So some of the context of what's going on here is, is, is this woman, Mary, who came to see Jesus and fell at his feet. This is Mary who, 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 who broke a really expensive a jar and poured really expensive, like a year's worth of oil on Jesus and, and then on his feet. And she, and she washed his feet with, with her hair. And it was said that she was preparing him for his own death. And, and, and then this same Mary, her sister, Martha, and her brother, Lazarus were some of Jesus's closest friends. In fact, earlier when, when Jesus has made known that this guy, Lazarus, is sick, they refer to him as the one whom Jesus loved. And so we see some of the humanity of Jesus here, right? Again, we're, perhaps you've heard this story before. Again, Easter, we think of it as so many different things, but this is an opportunity to see the person of Jesus. And one thing we see here is Jesus's humanity, he is fully God and yet fully human. He loves, he cares, he weeps. He weeps because he lost a close friend. I believe that Jesus grieves over what we're going through right now. I don't know your own story, but whatever kind of brokenness and sadness and fears and anxiety, and in some cases tragedy, that many of us are walking through and at least aware of in this season. 
Jesus cares. Jesus also said in this portion, it says that he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Some translations actually say that Jesus was indignant. So you see both a a sadness, a concern, a care, but also a, 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 a furious reaction because he hates death. Okay, he sees the effect of death on the people that he loves. He sees people weeping, groaning. In that cultural context, perhaps we could learn from them in many ways. They, they see death for what it is. They, they grieve, they weep. In this context, again, people would have like crying parties. Or I don't know about you, I've never been to any of those kind of parties, but people would wail. They would groan out loud. And, and when there was death, they would, they, would, they would recognize it for what it actually is. And they would, they would declare, this is not the way it should be. They would groan. They would sometimes tear their clothes. There, was, there would be this, this sense of frustration and sadness. And Jesus sees that and not condemning them, but condemning death. He hates it. He hates the effect of it. He cares. And again, it says that he was deeply moved. So pick up with me in verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved, came to the tomb. Again, think about the song that we just sang. About being called out of the grave. Jesus came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Again, just kind of pause right there and, and enter into the reality of the story, right? This isn't just some far out there ethereal, oh, death, okay, this guy. No, like this is real, right? And if someone had been dead in a cave for four years, there would be an odor, Okay, church, I just want to maybe take this moment that perhaps for many of us more than ever in history, we are faced with death. We've been able to prolong death, to turn our our eyes away from death, right? There's all kind of aging creams and all these efforts we do to prolong death, right? Dye our hair, whatever it might be. That's okay. But, But it's coming from a place of let's try to prolong this. Ignore it, avoid it as best as we can until we come to a place like we are right now where we have to look face to face with the reality of death. It stinks. It's not the way it should be. But Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Now I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. It's not that he's condemning these people or saying like, yeah, these guys, these these chumps, right? They need to hear it. It's not about this. No, but, but Jesus knows that the very, hear me right now, the very best thing for you and for me is that we will see Jesus for who he really is. That we will see his glory and be informed and transformed and shaped by who he is. That we look for glory, we look for hope everywhere else in the world. And again, in this season we're in, our hope has been exposed. And many of us feel hopeless. And so Jesus declares this so that we can see the glory of God 
in and through who he is and what he is doing. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. With his voice. Again, look at Jesus. Think all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible here. In Genesis, God creates with his voice. God says, let there be stars. Let there be light. Let there be ocean. Let there be an end of the ocean. And we'll call that land. God creates. He's creative and he does it with his voice. Jesus calms the storm with his voice. Jesus comforts the widow, the outcast. Jesus heals the Roman centurion's son with his voice. And right now, Jesus calls Lazarus back to life with his voice. And then the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. And it's, this is funny. All right, it's okay to laugh a little bit at this image, right? The stone has been rolled away. We say that. It's beautiful. It's good. And then what happens from this point? Lazarus comes hopping out, right? Like, I don't know if that's where the idea of the Easter bunny hopping around comes from. I don't think so. Probably not. But just picture this, right? This guy is wrapped up. And Jesus is like, hey, um, I just healed this guy. But go ahead and take that, 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 that linen off of his face because he's about to die again, right? He can't even breathe. So, and he calls us out. But I think it's also an opportunity to see in some way both the seriousness and the humor and the effects of death. This is a foreshadowing of what Jesus will do. Just over a week from this point right now, Jesus will die. Like we just celebrated and observed on Good Friday. And then who gets the last laugh? Jesus does. Death is exposed. Death is revealed. Death doesn't rule over everything. No, Jesus does. Jesus rose from the dead. On the cross, he said, it is finished. And then Jesus rose from the dead because God the Father said, said no, 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 death doesn't win. And he raised Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, raised him from death so that he could bring life. Now, I think it's also important church that we consider, what does this mean for you and me? Is this just a cool story that we're looking at where, where Lazarus is healed? Well, I don't know about you. I've never met him. If there was someone still alive, he'd be over 2000 years old and he's just kind of going on tour around the world, right? We would, no, he eventually died, right? I don't know how he died. I don't know the events around his, his death. But again, if this is it, if he rose from the dead, and then some day later died. Like, why did Jesus even waste his time? Why not just leave him dead there? But it's because, again, that is a picture, a foreshadowing of what Jesus would do. So how does this inform and shape our lives? Well, earlier in this chapter, right over in verses, in verses 25 and 26, as we read earlier, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus said, this is before he raised Lazarus from the dead. He said, 
I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, though he dies, yet he will live. If anyone has faith in me, he will never die. Jesus is revealing the good news of not just what he did for Lazarus, not just all the good works that he did as glorious and good and and worship worthy as they are. The the climax of all of human history, the, the, the cornerstone, the high point of Jesus's own life and ministry is that he rose from the dead and that anyone who puts their faith in him will not die ultimately, but will live forever, for all eternity. We'll participate in the glorious kingdom that he will usher in when he restores heaven and earth and brings all things back to the way they ought to be. Jesus is shaping, informing, giving perspective to everything. So again, I want to ask us right now to consider, what is your hope in? What has it been in? I think for many of us, I don't know about you, I've said this phrase a few times, once everything gets back to normal, fill in the blank. Just this morning, right? We are up here, we are in in proximity together, but we're keeping the right social distancing. We haven't hugged each other. We're not doing these things. We talked about the first time where we can, when we have the passing of the peace and we're physically together, there's going to be some hugs some probably some straight up form tackles, right? It's going to be a beautiful moment. But, but honestly, since when was back to normal that great, right? It's right now where we are is worse than that, but there was still death. There was still divorce. There's still brokenness. There's still abuse, sadness, isolation, There's still death. But the good news of Jesus is that because he has risen, if you put your faith in him, though you one day will die, as I will, the good news is we will surely live. So how does that shape right now? Right, whatever you're going through, we can join with authors all throughout scripture who said, who said, listen, whatever happens to me, if I get sick, if I'm persecuted, if I'm killed, if I'm shunned, whatever it is, though I grieve those things, it doesn't ultimately, finally, foundationally shape my life because the end has already been promised and declared and established and accomplished because Jesus rose from the dead. I have life in him. And that's good news for today. So how? How do we enter into this? How do we have this kind of life? Well, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, we're told, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And this promise is both a one day and right now. You will be saved. When you die, though you die, you will surely live. Through Christ, you can have life forever. And this is good news for today. You will be saved. You'll be saved right now from, again, the the overwhelming shadow of the reality of death. You can be saved from the ultimate foundational life-shaping anxiety that many of us are bound in. 
you will be saved, right? We just watched an incredible video where many, many people, old, young, all over the place from our church and all over churches all over the world, right? With the hashtag, Jesus changed my life. And we got to hear beautiful stories of the reality of the saving work of Jesus. Jesus changed my life. I was this, now I'm that. I was bound by this. I was shackled by this. I was defined by this. But now I've been set free because of the person and work of Jesus. So I want to ask you, as we close and all of us prepare to respond, how do you respond to Jesus? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, though he die, he will surely live. Do you believe? I believe right now in this moment, Jesus is asking, do you believe? Will you believe? What does that look like? It looks something like this. It looks like confessing, God, I have sinned against you. Sin means ultimately not God. I've replaced you with all kinds of things, myself, other experiences, other relationships, other hopes. I've been stubborn. I've looked for life everywhere else, but I'm sorry I see that you are life. I see that I can have hope in you. I see that through faith in you, I can be restored to God. I can be restored and reconciled to myself, to my family, to others, to my neighbors, to the world around me. Lord, I've hoped in all kinds of other things, but right now I place my hope in you. So for all of us, whether it's for the first time or as a continued confession, let us respond together to the good news that Jesus is not dead, but he is alive right now, that we can have a life-shaping, living hope because we have a Savior who is alive right now today. So church, let us respond together in celebration, appropriate, necessary, essential celebration and proclamation and worship and praise to our living Savior, Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are so good. We saw the reality of our sin, the necessity of what Jesus had to do on our behalf by laying his life down on a cross. We see your goodness. Lord, we see your care, your concern, and the fact that you wept. We see your authority and power and the fact that you said, come forth. We see your good news and your promise that you said you are the resurrection and the life and anyone who believes in you will have eternal life. So Lord, we respond now to the good news of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.